And we're live. Hey, Jamsters, how's it going? The Suns won 120 to 115. 14 mother freaking wins in a row, huh, John? Where are you at right now? Unbelievable. Dude? Where the heck are you I'm at? Hang, I, I'm hanging out in a corner of the Reno airport. So this is this is where I'm living right now. I'm <laughs> kind of, you know, watching the game, going through security. It's uh, it's Thanksgiving Eve, so there's kids everywhere. It's, you know, families are traveling, trying to get home. And there's me standing in line, like rocking my son's game, watching the son's game. And, uh, and, a, and a great game it was, you know, four, 14 in a row, man. That's a touchdown, two touchdowns for the Phoenix Suns. So how about I that, know. brother? I know. I mean, it's easy for them. It's uh, basically just another day in the office. For us, these are going to be some weird pods, right, coming up a little bit shorter, um, just in different areas of the, around the world. So tonight, yes. I'm at home. You're in an airport somewhere. And uh, I obviously don't have a beer, right, to crack one open? To start I got like one. a Dasani because that's all I let oh. me take on the flight. Uh, but, you know, again, Jamsters, it's Thanksgiving week. We appreciate you hanging out with us. Uh, it's going to be some shorter pods as, you know, I'm in Reno right now. I think we're going to be in Vegas for Friday and Saturday's games. So those are going to be yeah. interesting podcasts themselves. But we're committed to provide you Phoenix Suns content. So as people are walking by looking at me like I'm a jackass, uh, we're happy to do so. And, again, you know, it makes it a little bit easier when the Phoenix Suns defeat Ricky Rubio uh, and, you know, it, it almost felt like he was still playing for the Suns tonight, right? Missing those free throws at the end. Yeah, the one where he, like, has to make and he make, <laughs> or has to miss and he makes it. So, yeah, I'm sure he did that on purpose, Rubio, where, I mean, on accident, you know. I'm sure that was on purpose. He misses it, even though his hair is gone. Uh, he still looks fabulous. I wish he was still here in Phoenix, but he does his best over there in Cleveland. And he lifts that team up. I mean, that's a hard, hard fighting, hard fighting team over there in Cleveland that's super young. And uh, even with some injuries on their roster, they still gave it all. They gave it their all, like these teams always do against the Suns. I don't know what it is. Yes, they try their yes, best. They, yes, they do. I mean, it's like Eddie said at the end of the uh, the game. You know, every game's going to be like a playoff game for the Phoenix Suns because everybody's trying to end that streak. You know, yeah. they don't. We don't. That that's a monumental victory for any franchise. You know, you might not get a lot of credit for the Phoenix Suns in the national media. Uh, I don't know if you saw the. Uh, Mikhail Bridges on JJ Reddick's yes. podcast, you yeah. know, and JJ was saying like, listen, I was on ESPN for like seven hours today. No one talked about the Phoenix Suns, the one team, you know, but, but believe you me, every team that has Phoenix showing up in their arena is talking about the Phoenix Suns and wants to beat the Phoenix Suns. And tonight that didn't happen. Yeah. So Matthew, you can tell, you can tell by the crowd too, man. It was yeah, playoff atmosphere, it. playoff they're atmosphere. Into it. They, 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 they want the Suns to win or I'm sorry, they want the Cavs to win. The Suns stopped them. So, uh, but on that note, I think it's time that we crack open these ice cold Dasanis, right? Let's do it. Get that IPA. Let's talk about another Suns victory, y'all. It's another win for the Phoenix Suns on the road, back-to-back nights in which, you know, they didn't necessarily play to their fullest potential. But at the end of the game, if you have a W, that's the only statistic that matters. So therefore, Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask you. Even though this game was neck and neck the majority of the time, the Suns put a nice run on the front end of the fourth quarter with the second team unit. And then the, uh, 
and, and it was just good. Osman, what's the guy's name? You know, he was Don, Donnie man. and Marie Osman or whatever. Donnie and Marie Osman. I'm just I'm sick of that guy's name. I can't stand <laughs> to hear it one more time. <laughs> but uh, but Matthew, I gotta ask. Mm-hmm. All these wins are the same, right? Yeah, no, they're all the same, of course. Um, the thing is, like when you're playing this Cavs team and they keep rolling out these names, I'm listening to it on the radio for the first quarter, and they just keep calling out these names I'm like oh this is like a good solid team right even with the injuries they do have they still have a team that can put up a fight like they did against the suns and what the suns do is they they usually they can play up to the competition sometimes if they want to or down to the competition but i think the Cavs are just kind of right in the middle where they're gonna play the good teams very very hard but the suns i feel like they played a pretty good team are pretty pretty good game offensively the suns mm-hmm. all around like it just seemed like everyone had a pretty good team it's just the cavs kept matching them they kept jacking up the threes got something to go down towards the end and almost pulled it off with the free throw game but that's the kind of game the suns always win now so it doesn't even matter man i was snoozing with the last 5 minutes i was like this is over and then john woke me up like hey let's do the pot i'm like okay whoops <laughs> <laughs> i'm just joking well no i was like i got a little bit of time while i'm at the airport waiting to board here yeah. to come back to phoenix so i was like you know what let's knock out this bad boy instead of doing it at 10:45 at night but at the same time you know Again, we've talked about it before during this win streak, but the Phoenix Suns know who they are in the last five minutes, whereas you saw the Cavs trying to figure out who they were. And that's Mm -hmm. the difference between a top-tier team in the Phoenix Suns and a team like the Cleveland Cavaliers who are in the process of trying to find out who they are and trying to develop that identity. And they're kind of a team that's in the middle right now, right? They're, They're a solid team in the Eastern Conference. They're surprising a lot of people, maybe not yourself and myself included, but they're a team that definitely is going to be on the rise. And we've seen this happen with the Phoenix Suns in the past where they didn't know who they were in the last five minutes over the last. And, and the last team that was like that was the Ricky Rubio team. They were learning who they were in the last five minutes. Chris Paul comes in. Now they know who they are in the last five minutes. And then obviously this season, they've taken that to a completely new level. Yeah. And you said like Chris Paul, usually he's a guy in the past. He would be the guy towards the end that would take over. Now that's not really the case. It's just everybody. It's it's really just options. so random. And we keep saying that every podcast, but it's just so true. Um, Chris Paul tonight, 30, or I'm sorry, 17 points, 12 assists, but four from eight from the field and then seven from eight from free throws. So, you know, he drew the sixth foul on Garland to get him out of the game. That's just mm-hmm. things he does now. The, the young guys that go up against them, they want a piece of them. They want to be the next Paul. And then there, there's Paul. He's just, he's drawn him out of the game and Garland has nothing to do but to throw his hands up in the air and not get a Run technical. To the bench. Yeah, Booker, Booker like waved off the ref and then didn't get technical, but then Garland fouls out and weighs his arm, does not get a technical. So there's a double standard there where you have Booker, our leader, on the Phoenix Suns, not like the sexiest superstar on a team. And, of course, no one talks about the Suns for seven hours, even though they're on a 13-game win streak, now 14. So that just goes to show you kind of the little bit more disrespect that we still get. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't phase this team because we're an actual team. We're an actual team that's just going to finish the game together. And especially like DA in the third quarter, finding mismatches and keep feeding him. Like they're just – they hit on all cylinders tonight. I know the Cavs were there, but it doesn't matter because the Suns are just – I don't know. It's just so perfect right now. They are level basketball is what we're all witnessing. And it's something we should all appreciate as the graphic showed at the back end of the game, how the Phoenix suns are now at that point where they have tied the 1992, 1993 Phoenix suns for a 14 game win streak. And then 15 is up next and then 17 is the record. And we're all experiencing this. And uh, again, I don't care how they win the game. They win the game. And I thought the Chris Paul moment was really interesting because again, he does that, you know, rip through foul when it's mat- when it matters the most. 
Garland obviously gets the six fouls out of the game, runs to the side. You know, he's frustrated. It's, it's clear. And then you see Chris Paul kind of talking to him on the side. And, you know, again, Garland's kind of the next booker, right? He's the next anointed one by Kevin Durant. And now you got Chris Paul kind of, you know, I wouldn't, it didn't look like it was a razzing conversation. It looked more like a conversation of like, hey, here's why I did what I did. Here's how I set this up all game. And boom, gotcha. And it was at the most important point of the game where, you know, again, Cleveland's pushing. They're trying to stay in the game. The Suns are, are hitting on all cylinders, but Cleveland's answering with every possession. And then the Suns turned into a free throw shooting match and ultimately won the game. Yeah, and then P Dog 006, a lot of naughty words here, but they aren't sexy enough basically for the national media. And it's true. Um, and then Cleveland does try to find their guy to end the game, but they, they really can't. Even um, EJ was mentioning Colin Sexton as a name. Of course, that's missing tonight because of injury and he's out all year. But even him, like he's not a guy that can really finish either. And I think Garland might want, he wants to be that guy going over six from the uh, three point line. And then Chris Paul talking to him, you know, trying to just give him some pointers of how to adjust his game to help Cleveland in the future, you know, win games like this against good teams like the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. And and real quick, last thing on Chris Paul. So we had Chris Paul on our bet on it. You know, again, follow us at Suns Jam and you can see every time the Phoenix Suns have a game, we're going to bet a buck. Okay. And the bet today was over under Chris Paul total points. Uh, the, the majority of the Jamsters, almost 70%, said we should take the under of 14 and a half. And once the Garland foul happened, he had 13 points. I go, there's point number 14 and there's point number 15. He ended with 17. Yeah. And again, we lost another dollar. <laughs> It's the only thing we're. It's the only thing that sucks about this pod and the Suns this year is your your bets are always perfect, John. But us together and what we do as a pod just can never win. I don't know what it is. Well, I mean, I love you, Jamsters, but you are shitty betters. That's that's what I. <laughs> that's go. what I've come to just learn during them. this yeah, entire true, this, this entire win streak. You know. Watch. Matthew, what, what did you see from DeAndre tonight? Obviously, he's going against a pretty big front line. Uh, Jared Allen, something, uh, a player that I know that we both really enjoy watching play. Uh, tell me what you saw from DA tonight. I thought he was really active early on. I think because there's like three seven-footers starting against DA in that front line, he has to be more active. He had like an extra step. He was always trying to get his hands on everything on the, on the boards. And towards it i think it was the beginning towards the middle of the third quarter they kept feeding him paul did because of mismatches and they kept finding him underneath the rim i think that's something consistently that we're going to see tonight though for rebounds nine rebounds three offensive boards and the three offensive boards i think came in like the first half because he just was super super active and it wasn't anything crazy crazy but there was like an extra gear of annoyance in him like he was throwing bodies around him and mcgee together were throwing bodies around underneath the hoop i know that rebounds of the suns had 54 and then uh, 55 for the Cavs, so it was kind of dead even. But it seemed like the Cavs at one time were like out rebounding and had a lot of offensive rebounds. But the Suns, those two, McGee and Aiton, and to mention your article that you just released about those two big guys, they they just they're too much. They're too big for them. They're too much to handle for the Cavs. And Da, if he wanted to even more, could throw those guys around even put more pressure on the boards. But he did his best he could tonight. I liked what I saw. It was a good even game from him. What was his final stat line? Oh, so for Aiden, he had um, eight from 12, eight for 12, um, 16 points and nine boards. And then Three McGee turnovers. had what? 
Maybe he was he like 12, 13 and 12 or something. Six, six of nine. He had 13 points and 12 rebounds. Yeah, exactly. So the, the stat line that you just read fortifies the reason why I wrote that article for Bright Side of the Sun is Aiton has been learning from McGee. We've been witnessing this for sure. But the other side of that, as you mentioned, is the five has just become too hard for the opposition to consistently defend for an entire game. You know, that's what it is. 48 minutes of a center who can dominate you in a ton of different ways. And none of them are the modern NBA, right? Like none of these guys are hoisting up three pointers and, and trying to beat you from beyond the arc. They're beating you with the rebounding. They're beating you with the defense and shot deterrence. They're beating you with the blocking and they're beating you with points on the scoreboard. And JaVale McGee, again, I mean, watching the front end of the fourth quarter when the Suns padded that lead, it was JaVale McGee. It was Point McGee, you know, dishing that that pass to Cameron Payne. It was the way that he was uh, creating shot deterrence at the rim. And it was the way that he was scoring, you know, that, that put back dunk over Cameron Payne too. I mean, I just oh, yeah. I can't wait to get home and create yeah. a drop for JaVale McGee because like, I just I, I've fallen in love with everything that he has been and what he's meant to this team during this streak. And, you know, again, it's going to continue throughout this season because of his talent. And we're seeing the effects uh, of the Chris Paul acquisition and the JaVale McGee acquisition are both have been nothing but but beneficial for DeAndre. Now, obviously, there's the other side of that conversation is like, is that, you know, do you have to do that much to make DeAndre good? But you know what? For a young guy. Like, yeah, because what the lessons you're teaching him from a leadership standpoint from CP3 and from a technical standpoint and a motor standpoint from JaVale McGee in the long run is going to pay off for DeAndre Ayton, the player, for years to come. When he's 30 years old, you know, and he's past his athletic prime, he's still going to have a lot of those skills that are going to be left over from what he's learning right now as a member of the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, and also DA said in an interview, I think it was post game last game or one of the last few games where he was talking about Booker wanting him to work on a move since he got to Phoenix. And it was a move basically off the screen and roll to help Booker mm-hmm. to, to free up some space. And the DA, it takes that long, I think, for big guys, especially when the seasons are this crammed together where you don't have time to work. It just comes that fast. It's just like work. It's like, oh, this will get done. A year later, you're still messing with the same issue. So I think this is the same thing with DA with these moves. It just takes time, and he's getting there. And especially when you're going to bring him out in the game and try to make sure that they actually make sense and they and he can actually make sure they actually get to the rim. At, you know, with a spin move or something different, it takes time for him to do that. So McGee, the way he plays, and we talk about it, you talk about it all the time, the way he plays is exactly how he should play. And that's why I saw some a little bit of frustration from Aiden around the Cavs big guys where he was pushing them around like McGee was. He looked like McGee mm-hmm. at certain times. Isn't that crazy? It's like that's what it's come to. It's like we want DeAndre Aiden to look like JaVale McGee. And that's, hey, that's how good justified. Is. Yeah, yeah, that's how good he is right now, man. Yeah. That's how good it's he unbelievable. is. unbelievable. What else do we want to talk about, Matthew? Oh, you know what? You want to talk about Cameron Payne. So he's he's three for eleven today, seven points. And I wanted to bring it up even in the last few podcasts where he has free range, really free roam around just to shoot wherever he wants, right? He has basically from Monty just okay, the okay go to just shoot whenever he wants, right? Do you think it's too much sometimes? Him getting to the rim is something where I feel like he's having a harder time finishing. A lot of the times, like Ricky Rubio tonight missed like three layups that you're easy. So I don't know if that's what Cameron Payne was trying to do. But I just think that a lot of times in these games, he's kind of mixing between should I shoot now or should I get my teammates involved? He's jacking up threes when like it's like instead of like actually running an offense, he's just jacking up a three once in a while. So I wanted to ask you the last few podcasts if you think he's shooting too much or is it just the right amount? Does it really matter right now with the 14-game no, win streak? 
exactly. I don't think so. I mean, he's a guy who was injured at the front end of the season. He's playing himself back into shape. And and you have to embrace who the player is. You know, if, if we had him slowing everything down, running the offense, and essentially trying to be like Chris Paul, that it makes it easier for the opposition, I feel, to defend. You want to have that change of pace guy. I, I always feel like that's what made Leandro Barbosa such a, a great member of the Phoenix Suns is when you had Steve Nash, he ran the offense in a very specified manner. And once you brought in Leandro Barbosa, it was a completely different kind of offense. He was very similar to Cameron Payne. He's going to push the pace, not to say Steve Nash did it, but Steve Nash yeah. pushed the pace in an effort to try to set up his teammates. Whereas Leandro Barbosa pushed the pace. He could set up his teammates, but he was, he was a threat to score and go to the rim at all times. You know, to your point, Cameron Payne, if he makes three more of those shots a game, we're not having this conversation because, and, and we're talking about how amazing he is as a backup to Chris Paul. It's something that he's working through. And, you know, thankfully we have a head coach in Monty Williams, who's allowing him to do that. That's his mantra. Monty's mantra is shoot, shoot, shoot. I don't care if you miss three, I want you to shoot number four, because again, that's going to instill confidence. And as the season progresses, as he works on his angles, because again, Cameron Payne, the way that he plays basketball, he has tough angles to make shots. That's how he creates space. And if those angles aren't just right, and you're trying to, you know, knock the dust off, if you will, that's what's going to happen is he's going to miss some of those shots. Yeah, and then like Walter Lazo brings up book miss free throw. So I mean, I think we went too far into the podcast without talking about Booker. Uh, Thirty-five yeah, points book, tonight, dude. fourteen for twenty-one. He had twenty-four in the first half. So you know when he's going to get twenty-four, he's not going to get forty. Because yes. I always say Chris Paul is saying you're not going to get forty on this team for some reason. But 30, thirty-five points, he was cruising even on some random three he threw up with one arm and went in. So he was he was on fire tonight. And like towards the end of the game, in the fourth quarter, down to five minutes left. The crowd was rising. It felt like a playoff atmosphere. He had the ball, and I can just feel him thinking to himself, like, here we go. Every night we play, even if it is even if it is a Friday in Cleveland, and there's going to be – or I'm sorry, Friday. It's a Wednesday. Oh, my it's God. A, a Wednesday it night feels in like a Cleveland. Friday. Yeah. Wednesday night in Cleveland, it's a jam-packed house. I'm used to this now. This is what we're always going to be used to as a Phoenix Sun. I just – I can just feel him getting excited for that moment and then draining the mid-range shot to put the Suns up even more. Um, but his game was ridiculous tonight, dude. What like, was, it, his, what was his was, final uh, count from from the line? From the line, five for six. So he missed so, that one. So the throw, one yeah. miss was at yeah, the, the end, just like it yeah. was in San Antonio. But again, mm-hmm. he's one of the best clutch time players. And I thought the same thing tonight. Once it was those clutch minutes which for those of you who don't know basketball, that is a, a game that is within five points and it's under five minutes left in the game. In the past, that used to be scary because you knew it would be Devin Booker time. The defense would be keyed in on him. And no matter what, it was going to be a challenging shot for Devin Booker. But as he's progressed as a player and matured and he's had has an offense and has done the same, you can't zone completely in on him because if you do, he'll beat you. Now, if I'm correct, he went two or three in the clutch time moments tonight. Okay. So 66%, you know, four points plus the free throws. That's five of his, you know, 35 points happened in that clutch time, which is only good to increase his overall advanced statistic in that metric. But at the same time, there's confidence there now. Like I want him to have that ball in that last five minutes because I know that again, he has maturity now to where if they throw the double team at him, if they're trying to push him to the three point line, he'll just pass it to somebody else. 
and we can beat you that way. I mean, that's the advantage of being a team like this. But he was cold-blooded tonight, man. Cold-blooded Booker. Like you said, 24 in the first half. Set the tone. Kept the team in the game, really. I mean, I feel like, you know, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers, they, they set the pace early. They were trying to put the Suns away. And Devin Booker's like, no, no, my friend. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> yeah, and, and even if he doesn't make the free throw and if, like, he misses a shot – you just feel so comfortable with the team as a whole. I know Booker has really changed and, changed and matured, but it, the team as a whole can just rebound really quickly. Their confidence always stays pretty level. They never sh- uh, shrunk, shrunk their, shrug their shoulders and like put their head down like, ah, oh, we're probably going to lose this game. Never does that ever happen with this team anymore. Yeah, I mean, again, that goes back to my original statement of this team just knows who they are in the last five minutes. There's so much confidence there. You know, I mean, even when... Mm-hmm. It's and don't get me wrong, like this is again a special thing that we're witnessing. There's going to be games in the last five minutes where, from an execution standpoint, they just don't execute and the other team does, and they're going to lose those games. I mean, guess what? The Suns are what now 14, 15 and three. I don't know the record, they just keep it 15 and three. Yeah, 15 and three. Yeah, okay. I guarantee you, they're not going to go 69 and three or 79 and three, whatever. 79 and three, it's not going to happen, you know. Who knows? <laughs> but at the same it's crazy time, like, looking at the standings, dude. Well, it is. It is. And, and yeah. we still are chasing Golden State. After all of yeah. this, we're still chasing Golden State. But yeah. again, there's going to be nights where that happens. But if it's happening more often than not that they're executing in that in that final five minutes, that's all you can ask for. That's all you can want. That's all we've yearned for for all these years, dude. That's all those yeah. times that we've sat there and we're just like, dude, fuck. If we can only pull it out in the last five minutes, we can get there as a team, but we just can't do it. And now we can. So, again, appreciate this. Cherish it. It's so much fun to sit here at an airport and, and talk to you, on, you know, in a, in my little corner where I have my McDonald's bag. And, oh, you know, just, yeah. <laughs> I had to eat something. I'm starving. <laughs> you know, I got to hop on a plane. You know, but again, like. The, the, this is what it's about. These are the fun moments. These are the moments that you you remember. You remember that win streak. God damn it! You don't care if you're like, oh yeah, you know they beat uh, the the Spurs and the Cleveland Cavaliers by five. Yeah, they took great punches from the team on the road. We are continuing to be road warriors like we were last season. You know, we lost one game thus far on the road this year. We were number mm-hmm. one in the league on the road last year. Like this team is just so fucking good, dude. Yeah, it's insane. And uh, I was going to ask you too, how much time you got left until you board your plane there, John? What time what is it? Next? It is 7.55 right now. And you said you board at 8. So oh, do we have sure. time for the jam start of the game? We got to run that, yeah. All right, do let's go ahead and do, do that. Jam star of the game. This is a reminder, Jamsters, if you're watching along live in the chat, go ahead and let us know who your jam star of the game is. Why you're here, give us some thumbs up while you're here. You know, we, we appreciate it. Let, none it. of these, more of these, let us know. And again, if you're listening, uh, wherever you might be listening to the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, Matthew, I think this is a pretty easy one. I think yep. it's definitely Devin Booker. Uh, again, he kept us afloat in the first half. He was huge in the clutch. And yeah, he missed one free throw. But you know what? Ricky Rubio tried to miss a free throw. He missed everything. So... Yeah, Fabio Nazaski, uh, Ricky Jamstar. Yeah, he could be. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know if we have time for the drop for Ricky tonight, but yeah, mine is just Booker. It's just all time. It's it's Booker, dude. It's um, just what a game. I mean, you're going to get these. You're going to get these every week probably from him here on out. If he starts to just build something and he's actually in a groove now, you'll get the 30-plus game every week, I think. Uh, we can expect it from here on out, I think. That's correct. That's correct. 
All right, John. Well, is that going to be the pod? Or what are, are we going to preview the Knicks game? Let's go ahead and preview the Knicks. Let's preview the Knicks. What's the record? All right. So the record is 10 be- and 8, actually, and right they just, now. And they just beat the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. So one game win streak, of course, 5 and 5 in the last 10. Um, I mean, it's a team that came into this year, a lot of expectations, which is weird for the Knicks now. You know, you, you, they're a playoff team or expected to be a playoff team. I'm excited to play the Knicks and then the Brooklyn Nets. Back-to-back games in New York. You know Booker's going to be there in New York. Kendall's going to be there. It's going to be a party for Thanksgiving tomorrow. And then Friday night, take on the Knicks. And those are the those are the games that we have to do from Vegas. But have you watched any of the Knicks at all this year yet? I haven't had a chance to. I've been, you know, again, traveling, trying to watch as much basketball as I can. But I, I haven't seen the Knicks. But Booker at the Garden signed me up. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And win. he has the reason we have the lighting now. Yeah, it's going to be definitely a Suns win. Uh, two in a row. We can just guess both of them. It's going to be 16 wins <laughs> in a row. I'm feeling it. Dude. Can you imagine they escape this the last two games and get those wins? Man. Then they'll start talking about us, maybe. Maybe they'll start talking about us. Yes. And those. All right, John. Some awkward silence here. I don't know who's running the show. Oh, okay. You got a little friend over there right now. Look at that. Go get her number. I won't tell Shannon at all. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> John is married, and uh, I think this podcast is ending early, just like the next two. So any last comments, John, about the Suns game tonight? No, just thank you, Jeff, just for hanging out. Again, we do these, like, micro pods uh, during Thanksgiving week. But, again, Suns win 14 in a row. So much fun to have you guys join us. Um, again, subscribe and view all that stuff. Follow me at Darth Voida. Follow Matthew. I'm Matthew Lizzie. And, and on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you on Friday from Vegas. <laughs> all right, yeah. Everyone go home with your family.